Hello! It's the A to Z podcast. Zach Jackson, Andre Knott, at Akron Jackson, at Dre Knott on most of your favorite social media platforms. Facebook.com slash A to Z podcast, A to Z podcast.com. Easy for me to say. Click that purple <laughs> podcast button on your fancy iPhone. Subscribe, download, share, leave us a review, all of that stuff. Um, thank you guys for listening, for sticking with us as we go through the crazy schedules and for asking for more podcasts and all that thank you to scene to honeymoon grill to american fireworks three places have been with us for a long time um it feels like spring out there most days i know it's supposed to snow on the day baseball officially begins and we'll get to that but american (laughs) fireworks always open and it is the season so everybody's ready to bust out everybody's ready to have the family over have that cookout american fireworks in hudson and always open at americanfireworks.com dre good morning Good afternoon. Good evening. Yes. How are you? So, if it's you're new here, Ohio and the sun is out. <laughs> yes. If you're new here, welcome. Um, you know, if you're not new here, you know we talk NFL and Major League Baseball and college basketball, and sometimes we venture into life. Um, you know, one thing I guess that I forget about that we talk more, and I don't know. Anyway, here's what I wanted to say about five weeks. Or Andre and I speak via text. Every single day of our lives for what a decade? Every day, yeah, fifteen over years. a decade now. Right, yeah. We only years. live twenty minutes apart, but we see each other. Like even in a non-pandemic year, the times we actually see each other are probably counted on one hand most years. Handful, right? yeah. And yep. we do talk on the phone um, when we have like real business to talk about because we both have the same kind of old school philosophy that texting is what it is. This is anyway, I've already screwed this up twice the way I wanted to present this. (laughs) But what I'm trying to say is my iPhone is set up probably a lot like yours and that you get the preview of whatever text or notification that you've gotten. So when it comes from Andre and I can tell just by looking at the first couple lines that it's an image or it's something that he (laughs) copied and pasted, you know, I know oh. it's not anything urgent, and if I'm multitasking or dealing with something else or just laying on my ass, quite frankly, I can put it aside. So about four or five weeks ago, I was doing something. I actually had two computers going. I was on a Zoom. I was writing some stuff. I was trying to set up another interview, and I see this text, and I can clearly tell that he's copied and pasted from someone else's text. So 15, 20 minutes go by. I open up. I look, and it's basically a text from who the man who's going to be, and I don't know this man yet, but he's going to be the coach of Andre's son in baseball. <laughs> and I'm paraphrasing here, but it basically says, Mr. Not, my name is coach. So-and-so just letting you know, we've, we've dispersed the teams. We're all set. We'll start on this day. And uh, I, I was, first I was very excited to see that I'm going to be coaching your son. But tell me if it's scary or not that my second thought right after that was, oh, my God, Andre and Zach are going to drag me on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the God out of truth. He's, he's DM me back and forth. And the first, second thing he's worried about, not coaching my son, not any of that stuff, is, oh, shit, now I got to deal with them talking about me on the podcast. <laughs> and I was like, dude, you're fine. I go, no, Zach may show up with a couple uh, – Couple, couple beverages. I go, you may have to deal with that, but you're not going to have to deal with anything else. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those things too that, like, whoever the next person I talked to that night, I told him that story, and we died laughing. And then I forgot. And then, like, a week later, I think I went golfing, and we were just sitting around the parking lot bullshitting. You know, that's what I'm best at. I know that'll shock you. And I was like, hey, I got a story for you guys. <laughs> So I wanted to make sure I told that here on the podcast. I'm glad you brought that up because it's funny because, because, you know, at the time, like, I don't think about that stuff. Like, I'm, you know, like I live 15 minutes from where I grew up, like the house I grew up in. Um, I try my damnedest to stay grounded as I possibly can um, because there's no reason not to be grounded, no matter how much money or how much money you don't make or have or whatever, what your job is. And I literally, and I guess it's on purpose, as Zach kind of said, I literally hang out and deal with the same people for the most part that I did 20, 30 years ago. Like I, I'm pretty much, so I don't, so when I get, when I get a message like that, I'm almost embarrassed. I'm like, geez, um, because I don't want my, I want my kids to have a normal life. I want my, and I know that, you know, there's some people that kind of know, like, I think I have a neighbor right now. This is great because the pandemic has made so much shit weird. Um, I got a neighbor 
who I don't think he knows what I do. But I'm sure he's trying to figure out how my black ass lives here and never leaves. (laughs) 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 So, but no, so when I saw that message, and I think I was in Arizona. I just got to Arizona when when the coach was sending the message. And the guy was great, and I look forward to it. And if he can't coach, he knows what will happen. We'll we'll talk about it. (laughs) But – I just I like felt bad for AJ because I'm like, damn, AJ's already like the kid. The guy isn't even worried about coaching AJ. He's worried that we're gonna talk about him on the podcast. <laughs> and well, then I was like, AJ'll you know, be good. He's a good runner. And the guy's like, oh, I've already seen AJ play soccer. I know what we're getting. Yeah, I'm like, all no, right. <laughs> his worries about AJ will shift soon because AJ will be taunting and AJ will be prancing, right? And he'll be making <laughs> yeah, demands. Yeah. So <laughs> he just did it. They're outside playing like freeze tagger right now, and he was hiding under our deck. And the kids couldn't find him. And when the kid walked out, he jumped on top of the on top of our table on our deck and started dancing in front of me. He's like, he can't find me. And I was like, I hope your ass falls down. <laughs> and that's out of the Andre Not Senior book. Knock their asses down when they feel good. <laughs> um, so where where do we start here? Uh, the tournament's on. You know, we're coming to the end. We had absolute madness um, in the first weekend. Ohio State losing to a 15, you know, a lot of the big, big boys didn't even make it. A lot of them went down. But here we are um, an hour or two from the Elite Eight starting, and we're probably going to get three number ones in, right? It's probably going yeah. to be Michigan-Gonzaga on Saturday night, which would be an absolute heavyweight fight. Um, you know, Baylor's right there lurking on the other side. Um, I know you were in Arizona for, for part of it, but, um, you know, that it was a different schedule this year with the time. So I'm assuming you still got to see, you know, maybe not everything you would have normally got oh. to see, but I'm still, I'm assuming you got to see most of this tournament. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it is, I've told you before, it is a little different. It's a little goofy. Um, being on, you know, three hours back. And I know like right now there's a lot of conversations. And a lot of people are bothered about how late the games will start tomorrow or whenever. And I get that. But after being on West coast time for three weeks, um, you know, for two and a half, three weeks, you know what it's like to wake up to nine o'clock basketball for some, you know, we like, I know there's people that listen on the West coast and they get, you know, they watch the NFL that early. I wouldn't like a Sunday, nine o'clock football, nine o'clock AM football. I'm not a morning person, but because of spring training makes spring training makes me a, a morning person. It was one of the most glorious things ever to wake up and have basketball. On. Like, especially when it's, you can be half awake, have a cup of coffee, you know, kind of, you know, rattle your brain a little bit. And and it, and it is crazy when when I am on the West Coast, I'm more of a morning person than I'm when on this time. It's the best thing ever, though, Zach. Waking up to basketball, and I got out there basically when all the the conference tournaments were going on. So I've basically been watching basketball yeah. more in the last couple of weeks than I did all year long. So I love it. I love it in Arizona. The good thing about the Indians and covering the Indians, Tito loves it, um, and Tito gets into about 18 different. Uh, 18 different ways to try to win. So the great thing about the Indians facility is like there's basketball. When I get to the facility or wherever else, there's basketball on every TV all around. So it's been enjoyed. I've watched more college basketball in the last two and a half weeks than I did all season. (laughs) Funny you say that. It reminds me of a story that got brought up last weekend as we play a little American fireworks glory days here. Uh, When I turned 21 a long, long time ago, um, I turned and my birthday's in the late summer, but um, my gift from my parents was my dad and I were going to go to Vegas, um, for the tournament, right. Um, in March. And so, you know, I was, I had just started, you know, interning for the Browns at the time. And so obviously football season wasn't going to be an option and I was still in college, you know, technically at least. And so when it right. came, came time to schedule the trip, we couldn't go the first weekend. Uh, we went the se- second weekend, Sweet 16 weekend. It probably worked out that way anyway, knowing how my dad deals with crowds. And I become the same way more and more every hour of that. Right. Anyway, this got brought up in a conversation with a couple buddies last weekend. Um, we were out there. We were watching the games. And I remember it being Saturday morning. And they had just posted the lines for the women's tournament. And so we're standing in the sports book getting ready to you know, about Syracuse, Georgetown, or whoever it was going to be. And I look up and I say, oh, it's five till. And I go, but the Louisiana Tech Lady Texters, plus 19 and a half. <laughs> and I remember my dad watching this, and I came back, and he goes, tell me you didn't just do what I think you just did. <laughs> and I just remember looking at him going, I cannot tell you that. 
<laughs> they covered. They lost by 19. <laughs> oh, you are a sick dog. <laughs> no, it's been but fun. I mean, you. I'm a basketball junkie. I love to watch it. It, it certainly has been different, um, you know, with the structure of the games and the, and the fact that the next two nights, yeah. the marquee games are coming on at 957 on a Monday and Tuesday. Does not appeal I'm okay to me. with that, but I know I know a lot of you guys aren't. And like I said, my time schedule is all messed up because I'm usually a late nighter. But when I go to when I go to Arizona for whatever reason, I wake up at 7:45 and I can't go back to sleep. And I'm a morning person suddenly. Uh, now that I'm back here, I'm like sweet. It's a good game. But like even like isn't the aren't the West Coast teams playing like earlier tonight than the East Coast teams, which makes no sense um. at all. Well, tomorrow there's there's three West Coast teams playing, but yes, the Gonzaga USC game is the early game. Um, okay. Of the two, and this is what happens when you get locked into those TV windows. I mean, look, right. they're used to taking the later ones, and that's and that will certainly be the case. You know, on Saturday, if it's Gonzaga Michigan, that'll be the home the main event. Well, they see Michigan UCLA on name brand appeal. You know, that's that's going to be the main event. So, sure. um, you know, me different year. Me I tweeted this. Yeah, different right. year for everything. Um, you know, I think there are certain advantages and maybe something worth exploring. Certain rounds of getting everybody in the same spot. You know, there there's times in the past, right? I know this because I covered it. Te- a team would fly in, right, on yeah. Wednesday, play Thursday and Saturday, or, or even you know Friday and Sunday, really. And if they advanced, fly back to campus. You know, and campus could be across mm-hmm. the country because it's been decades since they did anything really geographically, Makes right? Sense. Right. And then have to fly back out on Tuesday to where they were going. So I think there is something yeah. to be said for maybe holding the whole Sweet 16 yeah. and Elite Eight in one place. Now, once you get back to filling arenas and they have to now. do it in these domes and all that shit that I don't necessarily agree with, I don't know how that works. But I think there's something yeah. to be said for that. There's something to be said, but it ain't going to happen because money talks and we know it walks. I, 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 you're right. Like, it feels more like a tournament having everybody in one place. It feels more like what these kids go through to get recruited. And I, and I'm not a big AAU fan, but we've, there is something about everybody kind of being, I, I was even watching the NIT a couple of nights ago and like Louisiana tech, maybe it was, it was like cool because they were getting ready to play the next game or, and they were out watching like the last five minutes of the game before them. Like to me, I just love that part of competition because that's the cool, like I remember going to baseball tournaments and basketball tournaments when I was little and, you know, you sit there and watch teams. I'll never forget being yeah. on an AAU basketball team at like 14, and, and Melvin Levitt was on the other team. And it was like a – you know, he was on another team, a tier higher, whatever. And, and I'm sure Babe right now will scream out the team that it was. And I can remember all of us freaking out watching Melvin Levitt. Just, before he was a helicopter in Cincinnati, he was something else out of Euclid and St. Joe's. And I remember us all sitting there like, we got to play against this guy? I've told my Nate Schinderwolf story, who I was the same age as. We were all laughing. We're at Bookto High School. And I'm like, who is this white kid with Jordan <laughs> scribbled in the back of his head with, in red hair? And like three times down the court, he punches over every black dude in the court. We're all like, oh, shit, I'll take him on my team. Um, there's something about that. There's something that I think brings out. Um, it brings out, I think players like playing in front of each other. I, I think that's something about, I think if you really know athletes and you really have been around them, um, sometimes the best comes out of them when they can show off a little bit, whether it's in front of girls or whether it's in front of guys, their peers, um, it brings something out of the athlete that you don't see usually. So do I agree with you that this is something that I hope the NCAA reads into and sees that they can make something better out of this? Hell, I'll even go a step further. I think it would be cool if you found one place and you did the whole, uh, if you did the whole final four guys and girls. Because the girls' games last night were great. I mean, it won't happen. I'm like, we're talking, and this is complete fairy tale. It won't happen because they can generate more money by putting it in six different places. It just is what it is. But I do like, and I was going to ask you, you know, what it's just like the NFL draft. What have we learned, you know, over this last year of COVID events that we can take going forward with us? And I think there are some things that we can see done differently that can make things a little bit better. Now, yeah, I gotta no, I, I, I and just, I think we've touched on that to an extent of like, okay, um, things have been a certain way. So now that the world got turned upside down and the sports world was, you know, certainly part of that. And the sports world was certainly out front and getting back. Like what can we challenge of these norms? Right. And and you and I haven't talked about this. Did you see the new TV contract for the NFL? Do you know the changes that are coming with that? Made Thursday night football on Amazon, right? I think that was the main big Monday night doubleheaders. Feels like a victory. And I love me. that. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. The last week of the year, they're going to take two games. And, you know, right now the marquee spot has been, can you get to Sunday night on the last week of the year? They're going to take right. two games and move them to Saturday. That's so, awesome. So, yeah, so uh, I guess what I'm trying to say here is, is, is we kind of did a sharp turn there is like, yeah, that that's going to change. You know, I, I don't know. Is baseball going to keep playing 162? I don't know. Um, NBA is not know. playing 82. <laughs> I think the NBA is a better product without 82. We've been screaming that for years too. So yeah, no, I think a mm-hmm. lot of things could potentially come out of this. Now there's going to be some awkward transitions. I mean, right now we'd be entering the, the next to last week of the NBA regular season. We have like seven weeks left. Right. So I know like for us on the outside, strictly as a viewer, having meaningful playoff games all the way through June is great, right? Because it's usually a real quiet Absolutely. time. But, like, Absolutely. are people really going to pay attention in the meat of the summer? And what is going to be the I, transition? You know, if they try to get back to that normal schedule where they start obscenely early next year? I, I don't know. I don't know Z, what's going to see, see, there's a problem with that, Z, is that – and I love basketball. I haven't really paid attention to it. I'm, I was just texting with uh, Chico, um, Chico about this. I like basketball. I like NBA basketball. It's. I'll get into it when the playoffs come back, I think. But I'm kind of – I think it's been so much – to me, basket, the NBA season has just been one long run on. It's yes. like a sentence I wrote in high school when I was trying to say I was a writer. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, I remember LeBron winning the championship, and I feel like I took a nap, and I went and took a dump, and I took a shower, and I came back, and the NBA season was still going. So it's like – you know what I mean? Like, it's just – I don't have – like, right now I'm just kind of like, eh, okay, I guess there's another game on. Um uh, and maybe it's just because they they had to work so close together. And you're right. Come June, when there's playoff games on, um, heck, even May, when everything kind of comes into picture, and it could be the NBA, like all these injuries the NBA has going on right now. Um, you know, you can see these key matchups, and I guess this has been going on for a while. You can see matchups like on TV or on your phone, and then you realize, you know, 80% of the stars aren't playing. Like the Nets are a big deal every night, but who is, when's Kevin Durant going to play? Yeah. Is Kyrie playing? Like you know, like you know, who's you know no, who's going to be on that I, in, in that game? All right, hold that Nets thought. I, I want to say one. I could sit here and talk tournament all day, and I know people don't right. really want to listen to it. And and frankly, you know, we're at the end point. So, um, well, I got one question to ask you about it after that. But go ahead. Okay. Well, all right. Here, here's what we'll do. I want to say this, and then you ask the question, then I'll make my Nets point, and we'll move along. Um, we're a real smooth operation here on the Izzy podcast. <laughs> um, Brought to you by nobody. Scouting, <laughs> scouting at, at the heart is player comparisons, right? Because it's projections, yeah. and you know, even the most talented guys can they do it at the next level, right? And and I know this right. from from being around football scouting and and to an extent in other sports for as long as I have, and you know, sometimes you know you don't see the same, and sometimes you miss, and all of that. But when I watch this Mobley kid from USC, Dre, this Love is the him. easiest one ever. I mean, he is Chris mm-hmm. Bosh Jr. Like, we need a paternity Wow. Test. Yeah, the long arms. The exact same frame. He walks yeah. like him. <laughs> like, yeah. can step out a <laughs> yeah. little bit. But you could see, you know, skinny right now. You can see the room to develop. Like, I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, Chris Bosh's kid plays for USC. Right. Wow. It really that's crazy. I mean, I can see that. It's funny you say that. And now I got to go on a different tangent because you bring up, you, I can't tell the story. Tom Reed wrote a great story and his new publication that he writes for about the Vanderbilt baseball team having probably the number one, number two picks in the draft. Uh-huh. And Tom Reed now works for a Pittsburgh publication. You probably know the name off the top. I'm a Tom Reed fan. I read him wherever he goes. Doesn't matter. Sure. Um, but it was funny listening to him read because they're, you know, because they have two of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, and it, one of them's uh, last name is Rocker, uh, whose dad was Trace Rocker that played for the Atlanta Falcons, I believe. And the other one is Locke, is uh, uh, Al Leiter's son, leader, son, writer, leader. Um, and they're both, you know, so they both come from good families. And, I, and Tom's question was, since the, the Pirates have the number one pick, and I love, I love these conversations because as you talk about scouts, and it's kind of make your point about scouts, Tom Reed went to a bunch of scouts and was like, hey, does this make it easier to judge who the number one pick is because they're the number one and number two starting pitchers for Vanderbilt. They pitch back-to-back, same competition every weekend. So a scout basically can go wherever Vanderbilt is this weekend, and on Friday night see Kumar Rocker, on Saturday night see the other, the other kid, and he's like, so you should, this would be an easy evaluation, right? Well, one of them's 6'4", 240, and the other one's like 5'11", probably, 6'0". Yeah. 
And most of the scouts were like, well, yeah, because they're going against the same competition, the same lineups, you know, same atmospheres. And then another scout, which I loved, was like, actually, he goes, it, 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 I don't like it. And it was just a, it was a really good situation to see how scouts, because as you said, um, you compare, like, that's how they, these guys go back to their teams, whether it's football, basketball, or baseball. You know, you, you compare over the long time. This guy, I think, could be like this guy. And it was interesting to hear how scouts with Tom went back and forth on what they thought would help figure out who the number – the number one pick is probably Rocker. He's freaking huge, and he throws 98, 97 with the slider. But this other kid ain't far behind. It, it was just it. It was a Tom Reed story. story. So, so you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Tom has always been elite at finding, you know, the sliver of information and a different way of going about a story. And he did a great job on it. Um, it's a pay site, so don't even tweeting me and bitching about having to pay for it. Stop being freaking uh, – uh, never mind. I ain't going to tell people about their money. Well, listen, if you listen to this podcast, you should be following Tom Reed to start with. He's just a great yeah, – he's just a no dude's doubt. dude, and he's hilarious. Um, he once drank me under the table and then he followed up I was gonna say he times can, later when we actually knew each other, but, um, he you know. can drink beer. Like there's nobody's business. Oh my God. He is the LeBron James of fucking drinking beer. There is no doubt about it. And he's, and he's aging a little bit and sometimes taking four to six weeks off is good for him. But we know when it comes around, whether it's in May or June or July, we know he's going to be there. Tyree going to be there in the end, baby. That's what he do. That's what he do. All right. He's going to die. I can't wait to no, hey, let, let years. me. Let, this is from the useless information bank as you brought those guys up. And I didn't think we'd ever get the chance to talk Vanderbilt baseball. Um, Kamar Rocker, you know, I guess I was going to say you know this, but a lot of people probably don't. So when you're a baseball prospect, you have to choose. If you choose the college route, the NCAA route, not not the junior college right. route, um, you either have to come out after high school or you have to stay at least three years. That's how it goes. So this rocker kid goes to Vandy as a true freshman, and he's just a freak. He is big. He's athletic. He throws hard. Uh, but he's he's a pitcher, too. And yeah. he led them to the College World Series. And, you know, college baseball gets no burn on the national level at all until the very it's starting, end. It start, it's starting, it's starting to, to but, um, you know, he was this big story. And then of course it was like, well, he would be the number one pick this year because they have the draft during the college world series. Right. right? right. Um, and then that's a point of contention that I have too. But anyway, yeah. so he was a known commodity. And then last year, college baseball gets canceled, you know, at the very early stages. So he's still a year away. Well, this year he's their number one. He pitches on Friday nights. It's occasionally on ESPNU or even ESPN2. I mean, SEC Network makes a big deal. Anyway, I'm not right. claiming to watch right. it all the time. But <laughs> Al Leiter's kid has emerged, too. And Vandy gets, you know, the, right. the best of the best. And their program's been awesome. good for a long, They're long time. Awesome program. The other night, the Leiter kid has is their number two pitcher. He has a 100-pitch no-hitter into the eighth inning. They take him out because he's on a 100 limit for his future. Right. But he had thrown a no-hitter the week before. Yeah. But he had thrown a no-hitter a week before. He's gone like 18 innings. He's gone like 16 innings, I think, without giving up a hit right now. (laughs) And he's the number two. It's absurd. Um, It's absurd. It is. The other thing off of what you're talking about, um, there are so many people that hate how professional baseball is going right now that there is a comeback of, like, people are interested in college baseball. There's a small few, and I follow them on Twitter, but like you just said, you got to know the station still. It's not college basketball. It's not college football. But Zach, there are some people that just really love baseball, like 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 the Devil. I almost said his real name. <laughs> like you know, like we we both know we know a lot of baseball people before I even took this job. There is a underground swelling, maybe not here in the Midwest, but I know in the southern states it, where baseball is is more popular. I guess there are a lot of people getting into the SEC network. And watch it because I don't. Oh, anyway, I forgot the king of college baseball is none other than Tom Hamilton. All you got to do is start listening on April first, and I'm sure he'll break down. But I mean, Arkansas. If you saw Arkansas's complex, all those SEC complexes, LSU. Um, it's a. It's college baseball is having a big run right now, television wise. Because, and I think the SEC network and all these networks that carry it. I mean, what the hell else are they going to sell, Zach? They got to sell this. And now you have some players that we know. Like you said, you got, you know, Rocker is a known commodity. Uh, there's a kid down in LSU, last name Hill, who's a pitcher. Who's a, like, there's some, there's some guys that are making you watch. All right, la- all right, let's go back to the tournament because this well-oiled machine is all over the place and this is how we do it. <laughs> um, 
I got to ask you this, though. This, and I tweeted it last night. We, and I'm speaking for myself, and I think I can put you in this, and I think I can speak for most of America. We went into this tournament, and I heard Scott Van Pelt and everyone else, we all were doing this all year long. Big Ten, best conference in basketball. They just beat the hell out of each other. They're going to get eight, nine teams in the tournament. And I was even saying, watch a team like Iowa get in the right region and not have to see somebody from the Big Ten and roll through. I thought if they were healthy, I thought they had a chance to do that. I really did. Um, I thought Rutgers, even though they had some issues with outside shooting at times, I thought they were a team that would go far um, once they got into the tournament just because of their setup. Ohio State, hey, they needed my man from Jackson, by the way. Kyle, Kyle Young was missed. Mm-hmm. And I think the Big Ten tournament hurt the Buckeyes. Um, I, but I guess my point, too, is the shortness. We all thought the Big Ten was the best conference in basketball and beat the hell out of each other, when in reality – it was the Pac-12. And, Zach, before I let you answer, I watched the entire Pac-12 basketball tournament because I had nothing else to do when I was in quarantine in a hotel room, and I just didn't see what we're seeing right now. So what did all of us miss, not just me? Well, the NCAA tournament's a different beast, and I'm not you, you know, using that as an excuse for how several of the Big Ten teams performed, right? Um you know, they played a full season in the Pac-12 and Oregon State finished ninth. Like, that was earned, right? Um, they clearly are a well-coached team that's gotten hot, and, and they, they're a remarkable story because, um, you know, they're a 12 doing this. They, they were an auto bid. I mean, UCLA is coming out of the first four. That's a remarkable story. That's usually for the VCUs and LaSalle's of the world, not UCLA, a true blue blood, right, going back right. 50 years. Um, you know, I think what happened in the Big Ten is their circumstance – First of all, Michigan State should have beat UCLA in the first four and didn't finish the game, led the whole game and didn't finish right. it. True. Um, That's true. Iowa, to me, was always completely overrated and terrible on defense, and they ran into an Oregon team that was really good and absolutely they were big boy them defense. from start I, to finish. Yes. You know, and then to see Oregon turn around and get absolutely big boyed from start to finish by USC really opened my eyes to how good USC really is. So I think – um, and I'm glad you brought it up in this realm where we, we talk about sports and perception and what's going on. I, I just think the Pac-12 has been off the radar in the two major sports for several years now. Their, their TV deal has not helped with that. USC football going from national True. power and must-see TV 15 years ago to just another program has not helped with that. Great point. And so we have no, perceptions, right, and we don't think about it. And now, yeah. anybody yeah. outside of the Oregon State <laughs> locker room that says that they would have been playing even last weekend, let alone tonight, to go to the Final Four is lying to you, right? Yeah. But yeah. that is the magic of the NCAA tournament. Matchups matter. Styles make fights, yeah. right? And like yeah. each you're, every, each weekend is a mini tournament. Is so if you're yeah. playing well, you, and you get hot, you can make it. And we'll always remember the Oral Roberts, the Oregon State. I mean, yeah. let me let me tell you this: anybody out there. Name an NBA player from Oregon State, Gary Payton. Who the hell's number two? Because I don't know. <laughs> Do you know? I mean, you, you're the one that sat yeah. here at the beginning of this pandemic and put on an absolute Alex Trebek, Zach Jackson, Rain Man <laughs> level show with these cards, these players from the 80s. Can you name another NBA player from Oregon State? From Oregon State? I know one, too, and I just can't. I mean, the funny thing is the first the other two people I thought of were Chad Ochocinco and Derek Anderson, and neither one of them put on <laughs> basketball uniforms. But I can think of Oregon State. There is somebody else, and I just can't. And his son went there, too, I think, Gary Payton Jr., didn't he? Or the third or whatever. Um, damn. Just hold Yeah, that and I guess he end. did have a cup of coffee in the league. So, yes. He's still in the WNBA. He's in the D-League or whatever they call it right now. He's still he's still trying to get in. But let me, let me ask you this. And this is asking because I was in Arizona. And I love this conversation. Hopefully people stay with us. Did the Pac-12 not get love? And all everything you said, I think I agree with. But Arizona and Arizona State, uh, Ryan Isley, your favorite coach, coaches at Arizona State, um, they were terrible this year. Like, and I, I think maybe that c- killed my perception when I was in Arizona listening to the radio. There, they hated the Pac-12 tournament because their two teams, you know, that usually are two of the better teams in the Pac-12. Are you even when Arizona State's not good? They usually have a couple players or some athletes, right? Mm-hmm. They didn't have any. I don't know why. They didn't have anything. Did that play into the perception that we didn't see Arizona have one of those teams? Because let's be honest. And when it comes to football, you're right. We make a USC the run they had. When it comes to the NCAA tournament, and I think Pac-12 over the last 25 years, Miles Simon, Bibby, 
Richard Jefferson. Like, they always have a team that's good in March. They didn't this year, Zach. Well, Sean Miller's been there a long time now, and they never made the Final Four. Um, right. You know, for all that money for no reason. He's going to end up in prison. No, I think that it does have something to do with it. Yes. And, and like, look, these were good teams in the Big Ten. Like, let's just be honest. Ohio State-Michigan was the game of the year in the regular season. It was on Sunday afternoon on CBS, and it was freaking high yes. level. I think you could make yeah. the case that Ohio State never fully recovered from that day, right? Um, Great point, yeah. Illinois was really good and picked a bad day to have a bad day against a team that was sitting on them and attacked their weaknesses and made them look silly. So, yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I think if you look back, we go through this. And a lot of time in football, oh, this conference sucked. We'll look at the bowl games. Well, who opted out? Right. You know, who thought they should have been in the right. playoff? Who should have done that? So, um, you know, health of the league and all that. I'm glad this happened. Anytime Bill Walton stays in the news cycle and we get to hear more of him and from him, <laughs> I'm for that. Like I said, I, I like the underdog story. Um, UCLA, again, down in the first four. You know, and then last night blows the big lead. Could have been put away three or four times. Doesn't foul at the end. Gives up the shot. And then still wins in overtime. Um you know, part of their story, they had one of the top recruits in the country, and he was going to be their point guard. And I don't know. He signed there. I don't know if he enrolled in I want to say he actually was enrolled in school and then went to the G League team. Like, Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. And so there's something to be said there for maybe the magic of the team, right, happening. Right. So right. Um, it's, just, it's well, just a fascinating time in sports. And it really the is. one thing I left out of the, of the Mobley thing, because we've had this. I remember R.J. Hampton was back in the news the other day because he got traded mm-hmm. at the deadline. Mm-hmm. I remember us having this discussion more than a year ago of I'm not I'm not those guys. I'm not their dads and I'm not in their wallets. But I just think for more reasons than than recognition, but recognition being the one like you get so much out of this NCAA tournament experience. And I just think now this Evan the college Mobley, experience, Shit. this Evan Mobley, people are actually going to have seen him play now, Dre. Right, wherever he yeah. goes, there's going to be something to be excited about because they saw him get in the NCAA tournament and crush people, and now You're right. tomorrow he goes against Gonzaga, this supposedly unbeatable machine. Right, so um, we'll see. I think there's something to be said for that. No, that's just definitely something to be said for that. And I, I think that's a and that's a, for a whole other podcast because I, I don't disagree. Um, and I hate to be the old golly because if you guys listen to this podcast, you know that I'm not a big fan of the NCAA. Uh, business side of things but i think as 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 a person i mean let's be honest you know everybody can talk about grades and how many what your grade point average was in college and, and ours was nothing to be brag about it's a growth as a person that you go through i mean baseball i watch this in baseball there's a big difference in a kid that was drafted right out of high school and you throw him right into minor league baseball and you put him on a bus and travel him around the country and tell him to learn how to live off of 400 dollars a week compared to the guy that went to college and was, you know, and, 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 you know, and still was somewhat protected by, you know, the university and the university experience. Um, I, look, I've got friends that didn't go to college at all that, you know, that have turned out fine. And I've got friends that went to college that are complete idiots. Most of them both are idiots, but there is some maturity and some life lessons learned mm-hmm. from going to college. And then when you throw in going to a tournament and being in a big tournament and having all eyes on you and carrying a team Absolutely. Now, it's easy for us to say that we watch because I could very easily, you know, if we really want to do point counterpoint, I could say, well, yeah, Zach, but look who the rookie of the year is in the NBA. He didn't play one college basketball game, you know, like, you know, that no, ball, well, each case and, is different. Sure. Right. 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 So, I, yeah, I love I love that conversation. One more thing I got to throw out to you on the, on the NCAA tournament. Uh, my man, John Tellich, who I love to death. Um, he heard me. T- he saw me tweet that out last night. And he went back and listened to a podcast by Myron Metcalf. And he said, the first round pick since 16 in Big Ten is much lower than several other conferences. He says, since 2016, Big Ten has had 12 first round picks. Last year, the SEC had 12 kids pick. Six of them were first rounders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I, I think mean, that's a salary cap question. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, Ohio State's good. And every kid, I think, is coming back except C.J. Wall, or at least is eligible to come back, right? Right. I don't right. know that there's a draft pick on that team. No. Um, Liddell gets drafted, but I don't know that he's a first-round pick. No, I don't either. I think right. he's a player. I don't. I think he still needs to develop, but, yeah, what you said is right. Yeah. I mean, look, um, you know, Michigan yeah. had that run. Like, 
Xavier Simpson, just an incredible player, but not an NBA player, you know? Um, no. Yeah, there's something to be said for that. Now, when you talk SEC, Kentucky skews those numbers. I mean, they, they've had guys in the yeah. first round that didn't even play for them, right? But right. Oh, yeah. head guys. They got guys off the bench. Now <laughs> Alabama's getting guys. Hopefully Alabama can keep this coach away from Texas. We'll see. Uh, I can't believe know. we're going to bring up Vanderbilt twice in one in one podcast. <laughs> but Vanderbilt's basketball team interesting, man. Like I, I got into it because of the writer that covers the uh, Titans. I had him an interview. I interviewed him before the Titans Browns, and he writes great for the Athletic. And I can't think of his name, so I feel bad. But it's a Tennessee writer. He wrote an incredible story on on, on Stackhouse, um, coaching there, and how and, and having Scottie Pippen's son, who's a legit player. But just how hard it is to win at, at Vanderbilt because of edu- just it's not an SEC basketball school. Right. But Scottie Pippen's trying his damnest to do it, and we'll see. We shall see. Um, when you come to the A to Z podcast, we talk about Kumar Rocker, um, and we get on Google, <laughs> and I can tell you that AC Green went to Oregon State. Oh, the Virgin. The Virgin. <laughs> see, kids, you got to Google that. AC Green was playing in the Showtime fast breaking with Magic Johnson, here's, and he was a Virgin. What here's a how curl. sad I am. So. I say that. Can you name one? So I start thinking, and I'm like, I think Benoit Benjamin went there. So I Google Benoit mm-hmm. Benjamin College as you're talking, and he didn't. Uh-huh. He went to Creighton. So then I Google oh. Oregon State players in the NBA, and there was a guy named Corey Benjamin about 20 years ago yes. at Oregon State, and I somehow Wait, what, yeah. remembered. I mean, it's just sad. I just I need to get out. Yeah, that's that really sad. pathetic. That is sad. But that's a, that's the A to Z podcast. In a nutshell, we would rather go off and show you how nerdy we are for the players in 1998 than actually tell you about what's happening. We haven't even brought up NFL free agency. We haven't brought up an MLB season that's starting in 72 hours. We had, like we could go on and on about the things that most podcasts would talk about, but nah, we'd rather break down Oregon State basketball players. <laughs> I will say this. If you ever get a chance to go to the College World Series in Omaha, go. Don't hesitate. Yeah. Go. You will not regret it. Um, no. All right. So, drag out about 15 minutes. Uh, I, w- okay. I want to say this about the NBA, and then we will talk a little baseball, as, as we had planned at the end. Um, I think, and again, we'll see how you know it holds up with summer and with whatever else. You know, Hopefully, the world itself will be getting back to normal, and everybody's you know, going to stay healthy, and everything's going to be good in that regard. But I just think, not only from my perspective, is this the most exciting Eastern conference playoffs in a long time? But I think it's the NBA's dream because you still have this super team, this favorite and everybody's either with them or against them. And you know, the nets, they clearly have some, some potential fatal flaws, but gosh, darn, are they good? And like, you've got Miami being Miami. You've got Giannis Mm -hmm. for the first time Mm -hmm. in three years being an underdog, right? You've got, Mm -hmm. I'm an outside observer. It seems like Boston is a mess. You've got Philly who's got the dudes, right, if they're healthy. And I think Embiid only misses another week or two. Like, like this is really, really good, I think. You went out on – are you there? Yeah. Sorry, you faded out for a second. Uh, uh, You know, everything you said is right, and what kills me, tells me how far away the Cavs are. No, you just went through to the East. It. Yep. Uh, you just went through the East, man. And um, and, and look, you're right. Boston is like I don't know what the hell's wrong with them, but I'll take their I'll take their roster. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like Miami's Miami, like you said. Milwaukee, they're not great. They're great, I guess. Ah, but I take their roster. Cavs got a long way to go, man. They got a long. And I mean, that's not. I'm not saying anything. Hey, I'll, I'll say this. Let me let me. We'll kill college basketball with this by leading into the Cavs and going to baseball. After everything you said about our guy from USC that we're going to see playing the biggest game of his life tomorrow night, and uh, my guy from Oklahoma State, who I'm a fan of, and you can give your comp of who you think he is too, because I have one. Um, what do the Cavs need most? If the Cavs are the number one pick, which one would you jump on the table and say, I want to make him a Cleveland Cavalier to change things? I have not seen one thing from Cade Cunningham that makes me think he's the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, but he's six, seven, eight. And he can control a game. As is 68% of the NBA. I mean, I just think, I honestly, like, and I almost tweeted this. I almost tweeted this a week ago. I just didn't want to take on this discussion. Because in fairness to the kid, I haven't seen him a ton. But when I have seen him, I've seen a really good player. 
other than someone declaring him the number one pick. And I don't know who did it first. I just don't see any level of accomplishment or anything that's convinced me that, yes, this this is the number one pick. Okay. Fair enough. I've seen him a lot. And that doesn't mean that I know more or I'm better. It doesn't. Um, I've seen him more than Mobley. That's the only fair statement I can make, right? Um, what I've enjoyed about watching him and why I could see somebody being number one, because of his size, his skill level, and maybe this is what you're holding against him, and it's fair if you haven't seen him play a lot. Um, he dictated the pace when I watched a lot of games he played. When he wanted to be – and we remember when LeBron – we watched LeBron with it, and I'm not comparing him to LeBron. And a lot of times when you're the best player on the court, the hands down, no, every night, it's always interesting to me to see young players kind of figure it out. Do I come out in the first 10 minutes and take 10 shots, or do I come out and try to get every guy going? The games I watched him play, Zach, he tried to get everyone else going, and then he would score. Is So I like, I like that. That's my only point. Well, that, that is he, a much deeper scouting report than I have. I'm just saying, and, th- and and look, this goes to our whole, again, wider discussion. Like, we crown these kids, and I'm watching them saying, if I didn't know this, like, I would just say Oklahoma State's fun to watch. They got three really good players in the Big 12. That's right. that, that That's my honest impression. <laughs> I, I have been wrong, like, once before. But, like, that's what I <laughs> Like, when, when me and my cousin were drafting our teams for the NCAA tournament pool two weeks ago, I'll spare you the whole story, right? He said, I want Oklahoma State. And I said, you and every other idiot does there. I guarantee they don't make it out of the first weekend. Right. Right. I I can see that. I can totally see that. And I watched them. You know, like, I, they, weren't, they, weren't, they weren't as good as they were advertised. I'll say that. Um, and I think, but once again, we're dealing with 18, 19, 20-year-olds. Sure. You know, like, like, and that's where the good teams scout compare and then they can go and have the right conversations to find out i don't care who cunningham is today who's he going to be in 2025 that, no, and, that, that, and that is another whole part of it you're, you're right <laughs> I, because this is in what the gotten he made themselves a top into. five player right because i know, I know. like i'm a, if one myself, of the again. last you seven guys that they drafted in the lottery did look like he was going to be great in 2025 the whole thing would be different right 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 <laughs> And Sexlin or whatever y'all want to call it, nine no hater. That ain't gonna work in today's NBA. You, one of them guys. If the Cavs are gonna be good in the next four or five years, I got nothing against Garland. I got nothing against Sexton. It ain't gonna happen with them two together. Not from what I'm seeing. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just I, I don't see it. I don't see two guards under six two six three being able to dominate and lead your team to a playoff victory. I just yeah. don't see it. Yeah. No. Okay. Um. Here's how I want to lead the baseball discussion you you were at camp for what two weeks two full weeks spring training two, yeah okay yep, yep. so i i want one impression um whether it's a great story um whether it's just something about being back and able to see baseball or whether it's a player uh, that we all need to watch like what what stands out when i ask you for for one strong impression of of indians training oh all right um from a personal standpoint um bubble going into the bubble and having to test and do antibody tests and all that other stuff and just paying attention to when I could eat, how I could eat, who I could be around. Um, it makes me totally, totally appreciate what the athletes have had to go through that over the last year to make sports happen. It's not natural. It's not fun. Um, I mean, I couldn't hang out with the dudes that I couldn't hang out with Matt Underwood. Like I couldn't, like it wasn't, right. you know, and I, I'm not complaining. I think what I'm just trying to get across for everybody that likes to bitch and moan, cause that's what we do. Um, I tip my hats to the players that have done it because I only did it for two weeks. You know, I did it for, you know, I, I did it for two weeks, sat in a hotel room. I followed the standards the way they told me to. Um, I don't know in my twenties if I could have done it. I'm just being honest. I don't care how much money was thrown out. Uh, second thing off of that, being willing to do that led to, um, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It, it was emotional being able to be back around players for me. Um, why? Because as a reporter and as someone asks questions to someone and tries to learn about people and tries to get emotion out of people and tries to sell to the people, you know, who these guys are, doing Zoom fucking, fucking interviews don't do it. Um, it. It just doesn't do it. Like, and, and, and the emotion I got back from the players, they were just happy. They were happy to have me in the facility. Guys were, you know, it was it, it, so 
the first time I sat down and did a one-on-one, I think it was with Shane Bieber. I could barely put the questions together because I couldn't believe I was sitting six feet, seven feet from him, you know, like, and he was the same way. Um, so I appreciate my, and I'll be honest, as I went through this pandemic, you know, especially a year, you know, maybe even 10 months ago, Zach, there were days where I questioned, like, am I ever going to be able to do what I do? Like, I, you know, like, you know, do I got to find a different job? Do I got to figure out a different way to do my job? Because, you know, eight months ago, 10 months ago, we didn't have a lot of answers. So are we, we're not going to start the season with me back in tier two. But with vaccinations and everything else, there's a good chance that we're going to have some normalcy in a month, month and a half. I am going to sit at my normal spot uh, that I normally do at home games, road games. Um, we're going to start off being at uh, Progressive Field. But we hope, and, you know, like I said, in two months, a month and a half, that we're back on planes and we're back with the team and, and we're with the team everywhere they go. Um, so that's the first impression. I need it, and I'm thankful to have the normalcy of being back to doing my job the way I do it. Um, the best things I heard were from the coaches. Um, what I think Coach Sarby said on the air, he said, you know, he, he, goes, he goes, as much as we miss everything else, we miss Trey busting our balls. He goes, there's nothing like hearing Trey bust my balls in the third inning for standing in the way or not sending a guy home from third. Um, so it was cool because the players and Tito kind of said the same thing. They're like, look, as much as you're thankful for being here, we're thankful to have you. So I appreciated that. Um, as soon as I saw Jose Ramirez, he took my hat off, threw it down, told me to get in the sun. I was too white. Tito told me the same thing. Um, so, so there was that. Uh, there's nothing like getting a tan line with the mask on your face. Um, Team-wise, I will say this. I don't know who they're going to be this year. Um, I, you know, I, I would say if we put a gun to my head, if we were in Vegas, I would say over 84, 85. But they're probably going to be a 500 until they find out if they can score enough. Uh, the pitching has got, you know, it's got talent, but talent doesn't win games. Talent wins games, but it doesn't win, it doesn't win playoff series. Um, and we got to see. But I'll say this. The thing I'm most excited about are guys that won't be on the roster on Thursday. They do have some – and, I mean, and this is part of the deal. Everybody wants to cry and get rid of owners and coaches and things of that nature. I will give the Indians credit for this. There are some young dudes. There's some young pups. Um, Gabriel Reyes, shortstop, that came over in the Clevenger trade. The kid is nice. And he looks like, when you see him, he's already got the look. He's got the swag. He looks like a, 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 a combination of Tatis and Lindor. He's got the, t- he's got the tats. He's got, his arm is a rocket ship. Like, his arm is so good that I heard one of the coaches say, don't let the pitching coaches see you because they'll put your ass over there on the mound. <laughs> Um, he, he already thinks he should be the starting shortstop and he, he acts like that. Um, I, I just think that he's got star potential written all over him. If they, if things go right, Owen Miller, who came over in the Clevenger trade, um, second baseman, but I, Tito said it best. He's a major league hitter right now. And Tito basically told him, go make yourself a, a major league defender, because if you do, there's a job waiting for you. I wouldn't be surprised if Owen Miller's just starting second baseman next year. Um, he can hit, just flat out can hit. Um, the kid that came over, Jimenez, uh, that will start at shortstop, Andres Jimenez. He looks, I mean, it's it's spring training, and you and we all know you don't make teams, and you don't make huge assumptions. You know, you don't make huge assumptions, even though some t-shirt companies will make a t-shirt after you went four games in the play in the, in August. <laughs> um, but he looks like he looks like a professional shortstop. Um, and I think it's, you know, and I look, and I know the, the, the first baseman situation got everybody up in, in a tiff. I'm not crazy about it, but the one thing I always, I've learned in doing this job and even doing the Browns job, worrying about the final roster before opening day of NFL or Major League Baseball will get you absolutely nowhere because the roster never looks the same, you know, a quarter of the season in. Sure. I, is it fair to Bobby Bradley? Yeah, probably not. But what in sports and what in life is fair? They're going to give Bowers his last opportunity because they can. And if he if he if he sucks, they'll send his ass away, and Bobby Bradley will get a chance in Mac. If it works out great for the Indians, they've got Bobby Bradley and 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 Bowers. You know, like so he's out of options. Should options be the reason why you make a decision on a team? No, but. I mean, half y'all crying and bitching on my Twitter feed. Y'all did that girl. Some girl did that to y'all in high school for prom, and y'all was the second bid dibs, and y'all still said yes and went and didn't get none. So get over yourself. <laughs> so Thursday, 
they start and Monday's the home opener. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yeah, and there'll be fans at both. It'll be should be pretty cool. Thursday is April one. I know that. This is like mm-hmm. the rare time when I know what day it is and, and what day <laughs> is actually around the corner. All right, we need so um, to do that. Can I send my can I send my tweet or can I just say it on the podcast? Uh do it. Yeah, do it. <laughs> do whichever one. I know I chuckled. And then I saw man. All right, so look, um, it hasn't been often. You know, and like honestly, for all the times, and this is probably the most common question that I get about the podcast is do you guys ever get in trouble? Or more specifically, does Andre ever do you worry about Andre getting in trouble with his ties to the Indians when you talk about things? <laughs> and We've been open from the start that on occasion there are things he's just not going to say or not going to venture down. Sometimes I follow those up by saying nobody really cares anyway. Right. Right. Um, Right. The answer to that question more times than not is no. And again, have we said stupid stuff before and done stupid stuff? Yes. Is it just a rule of life that the more you're spitting out and the more the microphones around that, that increases the chances Yes, but there has not ever been, to my knowledge, one time that that's gone on. However, there has been a small handful of times when I have said, please don't go there. Or he has said to me, (laughs) why in the world would you tweet that out? (laughs) (laughs) And it was cordial conversation between longtime friends who trust each other. And even when we fight, we kiss and move along quickly, right? But yep. I haven't understood. Yep. Look, I have an understanding in this world, and I will just say this: the one thing I'm not going to do with you guys online, especially, but anywhere, is play gotcha. You want to play gotcha on me, on right. whoever, even people in my field I don't like. Like, get a life, move on, right? We're here yeah. to watch the games. They're sure. It's it's entertainment, right? But so. <laughs> Yesterday morning, I had a tweet typed up. <laughs> it's still in my drafts. It's ready to go. And I texted <laughs> with Andre and I said, will you get in trouble if I send this? Will this cause you any harm if I send this? Yeah. And he doesn't do that very often. <laughs> and he just kind of changed the subject. So I figured yep. I'd wait till we're here at the end of the podcast. Let me bring it up. My phone is right here. Yes. Yes. Please bring it up. Let's, let, let's be verbatim with this. And this was yeah. Sunday morning. We all know what happened on Sunday night or Saturday night into Sunday morning when uh, Stipe lost his belt to Francis (laughs) Nagano. Here's the tweet. Man, he got rocked. Here's the tweet. Stipe had an incredible, impressive, hard-to-match run. The Indians were going to trade him soon anyway. (laughs) Send it. Send it home, the onion. I just sent it. I mean, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but see, that's the, and that's the thing. And I'm, I'm glad you brought this up. I'm glad you brought it up the way you did. Um, hey, look, we have. I, I got a sense of humor. The Indians, they, they get it. I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, I mean, look, I, I can't make people feel a certain way about how the Indians do business, right? Um, I have my own feelings and thoughts. Zach has his own feelings sure. and thoughts. I may be more informed. I may be less informed. I may not make – like I had a guy going back and forth with me on Twitter today about I can't be happy because Jake Bowers is the first baseman. And I was like, well, you've got bigger problems than Jake, Jake Bowers being the first baseman if that's your big problem. Um, you know, like I, I know – and I've got people, I've got friends that, that tell me sometimes when they, when they want to talk about sports with me, and I'm just like, nah, that ain't – you know, like when they're all mad about Frankie, and I'm like, Frankie taking a nap in game seven of the World Series. I was like, that's the least of my issues. Like, I'm like, I could care less what they do when the game's not being played. Uh, I, I care about what they do when they're in between the lines. I think I have a different, you have a different emotion towards sports because, not because of our jobs. I think people should know that. Our jobs play into it, but this is who Zach and Andre would be if we were school teachers or lawyers or garbage men. Um, we've, been, we've grown up around the game. His dad played in college. Like we, this is just who our, our friends are all dumb jock coaches. We go, sure. we go, we go to little league at high school. I was going to go to, I might go to the, the Savy baseball game right now out at Maslin just because it's the sun's out or I may watch him play Benedict. Look, I know the, I know the St. V baseball schedule. Who knows that? <laughs> <laughs> they play Benedictine. They play Benedictine Wednesday and, and I might go. It's going to be an accurate at a part. Like this is who we are. So I think we just take sports way differently than a lot of other people. And I know it's a business. The Indians currently, the Indians supposedly, I think Forbes magazine put this out. Um, and, and it's 
it's not we don't know if it's completely true, but it's true. Supposedly, and I'll end on this because I'm not going to tell you how to feel. Because that's a funny tweet. The Indians have moved a lot of players. I, and I've said earlier, what team hasn't moved a lot of players? Uh, they all do. But the Indians supposedly, according to Forbes magazine, lost $20 million during the pandemic last year. It's a decent amount of money. The New York Yankees lost the most money supposedly last year at $129 million. Now, you can take that information and run with it however you want to run with it. What it says to me, Zach, is if the New York Yankees can lose $129 million and it barely phases them, and the Cleveland Indians lose $20 million and it kicks them in the balls, something's wrong with the sport. But instead, it's a lot easier to make fun of the Dolans. Hell, I always, I, you know, I don't know the Dolan situation. And I'll say this, and this is, this is going to be the first time I get in trouble for talking about the Indians <laughs> after you said all that. No, but, I, you know, the Dol- they're business people. I'm sure they make – I'm sure they don't lose money, lose money. Um, but it's like it's like, the, like, like we can't compare our salaries to their salaries. It's apples and oranges. I lost money last year, too. I lost a lot of money last year, um, you know, a lot more than I ever thought. I lost more money last year than I made – uh, most years, of, you know, in my 20s, most years. But I'm still here. I'm still breathing. I'm still figuring out a way to do things. Um, when I get off this call, I'm going to negotiate like a mug to try to make some more money on something else and get, and, and get Zach a little bit of it, too. Um, I just think when you think of that, the New York Yankees supposedly lost $129 million last year. The Indians lost 20, and that was that was the least amount that was supposedly lost, according to Forbes. If you can't see the differences and the, the two different – three different leagues that are being played in major league baseball, then I don't, I'm, I don't even think we should have the conversation with each other. Cause we're ta- probably talking out of two different books. Yeah. L- listen, we could do and shit. Maybe we'll need to, uh, we could do a six podcasts on, on little things that baseball does wrong. Right. Um, oh, right. You know, no one's tying you down when it comes to the Indians. I cannot wait for Tom Hamilton to be on my radio talking about college right. baseball this weekend. While I'm driving. <laughs> right. <laughs> Or him, bitching, or him bitching about an umpire. Like, the game is the game. You just said it perfectly. Is everything perfect with the Cleveland Indians organization? No. But, damn it, there ain't nothing better than a, than a beautiful, sunny day and being able to turn on the radio and listen to Tom Hamilton or be able to, to have your kid going nuts in the background and you don't even have the volume up on the TV, but you see Jose Ramirez running around the bases with his helmet flying off. There's something to the everyday, um, you know, we talk about reality TV. The best reality TV is sports, and I think especially baseball, because it's on your TVs for six months straight. There's storylines that will be built. There's storylines that will be terrible. There's players that you didn't even know that I don't even know right now that will become integral to your team. There are names that you think that are integral right now that we won't even mention by July. I think it's one of the best six-month runs that you can get in anything. You can, you can join in like my dad does and like Zach does and be into it this week and then walk away in two weeks and come back in July during the All-Star break, and then ignore us again until October. Um, but it's always there. And I think that's the coolest thing about baseball, um, and I'm glad to be a part of it. And, and look, whether Lindor is here, Frankie, 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 or whether, you know, Jim Tomey is in Philadelphia, and when it crushed me years ago, um, the beat goes on, and they still say play ball at the beginning of April every year. That's right. Baseball's back this week. We're not to the Final Four yet. The Masters is next week. Guys, it's been a long year. Take care of yourselves. <laughs> stay healthy. Be nice to each other. Thanks for listening. Buy your fireworks at American Fireworks. Buy your breakfast at Honeymoon Grill. We do appreciate you. Um, like, we always have a laugh slash bitch slash gossip session after this podcast. We always do. Right? And today's will only be about yeah. three minutes because we've run over. But, like, we're going <laughs> to laugh our asses off that we talked about Kumar Rocker, AC <laughs> <A>. Green. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom <a> Hamilton. <laughs> we got in all our favorites today we got to tell you guys without planning it and zach had somewhat of a plan we got in all of our favorite side stuff that we didn't plan yes like and that's what makes the to see I, I we recorded like two hours later than we wanted to because we had i had some work getting done at the house so i had to be out for a certain time and like while i was driving i thought i cannot wait to bring up the evan mobley player comparison Right. Like I flipped yeah. on one of the stations and they were talking about the, like, I cannot wait to bring up 
how excited Mr. Anti-NBA, how I am for the Eastern Conference playoffs. The West is always much CTV, right? Right. <laughs> we right. got a little Vandy baseball in. We got a little Oregon State Beavers basketball history in. <laughs> Wait, I got to check Twitter. I got to see here how your tweet's gone over so far. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> Can you on Zach's Twitter? <laughs>